Hi, welcome to Scattered. We're a group of friends from the same church who are serving God in different countries and we're meeting online to chat through books of the Bible, chapter by chapter. We'd love you to join us. Hi everybody, welcome to Scattered. We're having a special episode week this week where we're going to talk a bit about preparing Bible studies. I mean, obviously, we are not perfect at this, but we thought it might be helpful to share a bit about how we go about preparing Bible studies in the hope that it would be helpful as you guys prepare. So I thought as a good opener question, we could think about what is the purpose of preparing a Bible study, leading Bible studies uh, within like a church context or, you know, university group or something? I would say one of the primary reasons or the one of the primary purposes of Bible studies themselves is to show people Jesus. God's word is the primary way that he speaks to us today. This is what he's given us. And so opening that and showing people what his word says. So it's super important. We learn more, don't we, together as we look at a passage than we would do individually. And so Yeah, I think that's another reason why we do it often in groups in a church or a university setting, isn't it? Because together we see things that we just wouldn't have seen if we were reading it by ourselves often. And so Mm. that's a way that God really helps us to understand his word better and grow in love for Jesus. Mm. I would say being led in Bible studies, you know, especially when I was a younger Christian, was really significant for my walk with God I think probably some of the ways that I've learned you know skills in leading Bible studies is from being led for years by other people and just being challenged in how do you look at a passage and you know apply it to yourself like I found it really helpful sitting with a bunch of other women or a bunch of other students and being led in that so I I guess when we're prepping we're blessing the people that we lead and hopefully in some senses you know, discipling them into a place where they too can go out and lead Bible studies. God made us, right? And so he knows, um, yeah, his word is telling us about our relationship with him and yeah, this world that we're living in. And it really is like the, like what Helen was saying, like the most um, important thing we could be looking at. Meeting together to read the Bible helps encourage us to meet on our own to read the Bible separately as well and Mm. I think just as much time as we can spend in God's word is really important because I think the voices around us can be very loud and we're wanting God's word to be the loudest voice for us. Yeah I definitely have sat in so many Bible studies like women's Bible study at St. Clement's and been like I think the last time I sat in front of God's word properly like this was last week. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes like your own Bible studies, personal Bible studies just are going way off track and you've got a tiny baby or something and actually being pulled together as a group and studying the Bible together. It's such a blessing that someone in that group has sat down and really studied that text in order to help you in that time of your life. As we prepare a Bible study, we want to think of the people in our groups, don't we? And think, you know, who is there that potentially in that period of life where they're not necessarily getting much time to sit in front of God's word um, and just thinking of them as you prepare and thinking this is a blessing to them, even though it's hard work sometimes to do the kind of digging into the passage. 
especially passages like last week, um, Genesis 38 and stuff like that. So how I wanted to know from you guys, how do you go about preparing a passage? You know, you've been often you're given a passage like it's the next one in the series that you're going through. What do you do when you sit down to prepare? Every time I sit down to read the passage, I pray. I pray after I've read the passage as well. Just asking God to show me what he wants me to see, like that I would clearly see what he wants us as his people to see from the passage. You don't need a degree to be able to read your Bible, you know, and so prayer forms a really big part of every time you read your Bible, asking God to speak clearly to you. When I'm sitting down to prep it, I read it several times over, but I also try to read it every morning in my quiet time as well. Not as like my actual quiet time, but I'll add it on as a as a reading just so that I really get the passage into my brain. On my best weeks, I would try and read the passage each morning. But to be honest, that doesn't happen every time. But that's yeah, I agree. I think when you can do that and then because I guess then it's sort of you're mulling on it in your subconscious as well aren't you then throughout the week Mm. and so actually you're thinking about and you see different things different times you read it and all those things are sort of just simmering away as you're doing the dishes or putting the kids to bed so I agree Helen that I I don't always do that but my best weeks are when I'm reading the passage regularly and just um, letting my brain do you know just sift it through itself as well. Yeah, I think it's really important what Helen said about praying and and you guys like meditating on it, because really we want it to impact our hearts first, don't we? Before, you know, before we start thinking, oh, well, there's this person in my group and they really need to stop doing this. So we're going to talk about this. Like, I feel like God primarily wants to speak to our hearts. And then, you know, obviously then we can go on and share that with people and and also see how he individually impacts them during the Bible study. So many times I've led Bible studies and someone started talking about something I'd never even thought about because the spirit is moving in that way. And that's fine for a control freak like me and maybe Helen. Um, <laughs> that's hard. Almost defended herself better than she thought better of it. <laughs> what would you guys say would be a helpful like if someone was starting out themselves leading bible studies what would you say is a helpful framework for thinking about pulling questions from the text thinking about how can I help people to engage with this text at a heart level where would you even start well I think when you first read the passage and you're mulling over it, you probably have your own questions and you're thinking, oh, what does that word mean? Or mm. why, why did they do that strange thing? Or, um, and so I think it's helpful from your own perspective just to see if you actually understand what's going on and actually understand where the passage is situated in the biblical context, I guess. I think the thing we need to make clear here is I don't know what you guys do, but when I'm looking up words or like the sheep shearing thing from chapter 38, I didn't look anywhere special for that. I Googled it. You know, (laughs) these are tools that other people, everybody has available. It's nothing special. Um, just like when I after I've read through a passage I'll often go to websites like the gospel coalition and I'll listen to a sermon from there as I'm going like as I'm doing the shopping I'll probably listen to something from the gospel coalition website or uh, desiring God often have lots of articles and that kind of thing and actually Mm. as you look and see what these wiser (laughs) 
theologically very rigorous people are pulling from these passages, you can get an idea of where actually what the purpose of the passage is and mm. listening to a variety or reading a variety of things is also helpful you know not just reading one thing and then being like right okay that's my agenda but actually what else have other people pulled from this and I think Mary that that helps me with my control issues in the bible study if you mm. read widely and it sounds like a lot of work but it's really not to read an article takes less than five minutes doesn't it but to read just a few articles from something like Desiring God that has a broader view of what is going on in the passage is really helpful so that when, if people do go off on a tangent, I don't feel out of my depth and we can let people run with what they want to run with, even if it's not what I have planned on the page. I agree if we had unlimited time in a Bible study, we'd let people run with what they want to run with. But that's a a hard question, isn't it? When you're leading a study and somebody Mm. goes off on a massive tangent, yeah what what's people's wisdom on that do we let that run or at what point do you call it in and think actually there's a there's a really key point in this passage that we I want us to see and we're not going to see that if that tangent runs the whole time do you see what I mean Mm. it's a really hard judgment call isn't it especially if you know I was I was thinking on a similar level when you ask a question and someone potentially gives an answer that's not biblical or you know, there's these points in Bible studies, aren't there, where you've really got to make a judgment call as to where you really think the conversation should be going and like testing your heart. Like, is this just because I want to control this conversation and say what I want to say and letting people speak, but then also really kindly and gently guiding the conversation back to the text Um, I find that sometimes a helpful thing being like oh where do you see that in the text show us you know which verse is that from or you know let's get everyone's heads back in the text after maybe it's gone kind of a bit away from it. Yeah I find that that sort of thing tends to happen like you said Mary when we wander away from the text which is why when I lead bible studies I think it's really helpful to walk people through what happens in the chapter prior to looking at what you want to talk about and when people start talking about things that are perhaps unbiblical or I hate to use this word but I'm gonna because I can't think of another one irrelevant to the passage you can say something like that would be really good to talk about next time but like you said you know where can you see that in the passage or can we uh, let's let's look at the let's get back to the passage I kind of feel like it depends on the person as well I mean if it's somebody and it's their first time and they start talking about something irrelevant or unbiblical and I potentially am going to make them feel stupid by cutting them off or you know being like oh where do you see that in the passage I think you know again it's just a judgment call isn't it you know if it was Jill I'd just be like Jill what are you talking about maybe I wouldn't (laughs) when I um was learning how to write and lead Bible studies I found a helpful structure um to be like Juliet said contact context and then you know thinking about the original audience and how it would apply to them first I do find in Bible studies I don't know about you but people really want to apply like early on which is cool because obviously the Bible is for our hearts but it is sometimes really helpful to push people back to the context and to the like original audience what would this have meant for them like Juliet was really good at pointing out that 
when we were doing Genesis that Moses wrote this for the people of Israel was it just before they went into the promised land so like thinking about that was really helpful to me like why has he mentioned this story and why has he spent so much time on this and then it's like well it's because he wanted the people of Israel at that point to know these things and to dwell on these things and then we can kind of apply it to us um so it's Mm -hmm. kind of cool to work through those stages I think so I totally agree but I also think a helpful way to start is just with a really simple I was I had a really great chat last week with an older wiser lady that's just back from working abroad and she said the three questions she'd always ask of a passage are what's it teach me about God what does it Mm. teach me about my own heart and Okay, Hermione's just wanting us to know that she's got this down too. So she's got the same <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> no one's got an original thought that Hermione doesn't have. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what does it teach me about God? What does it teach me about my own heart? And then if I believe those things to be true, how would my life look different over the next week? And so mm. I think I totally agree that we need to work hard at the context, understanding where it comes in the biblical passage. But equally... We can you can have a really great Bible study, can't you, with just those three questions? And mm. so um, it, mm. it really depends, doesn't it? Like if you're if you've just met up with somebody and they've got really good questions, then I just think it's great to get your Bible out, isn't it? Open it mm. and ask those three questions of any passage. Um, but I guess those three questions help me in my prep. You know, in those early readings of a passage, just be th- be th- being thinking as I read. what's this telling me about God how's this Mm. um helping me understand my own heart and then how would I live differently I think those are good starter questions for any passage aren't they Mm. Mm. and I think it's helpful because I think what I've experienced in my not very long history of doing bible studies is that um we're very prone to think about oh how does this apply to other people or how does this apply to you know the other people in the group I think it's so helpful just to be reminded when we're prepping ourselves, how does this passage apply to our hearts? And then that's really helpful for people in the study, like thinking about their own lives and how God's word impacts that. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. So just thinking within the context of actually leading the study. So you've, you've prayed, you've you know really got stuck into the text yourself you know the text um you've worked on your own heart and then you've you've pulled out questions from the text and you've thought about how it might be helpful to people so you come to lead your study what would you say your do's and don'ts are of trying to lead a study because I personally at times find leading studies terrifying especially the unknown nature of it you know you can have your list of questions and answers in your mind perfectly aligned and it can you know I'm pretty sure I've cried after bible studies before yeah what would you um say your do's and do's and don'ts of leading trying to lead a bible study in a helpful way like no 15 years ago when I was like learning to do bible studies an older lady took me on one side after a particularly bad train crash and said to me um her golden rule for bible studies was um, let people score the goals themselves in that you know asking questions and just keeping asking questions rather than giving the answers I think is a really good helpful rule of thumb 
because the danger is if no one's talking you just give the answer yourself but Mm. then it's just like listen to what I know and so she was so helpful at just encouraging me to keep asking questions um because actually if people score the goal themselves so to speak then you know they've seen it themselves and that really lands doesn't it often in a different way than Jill says or Helen Mm. says um so yeah when I'm like reflecting on a bible study afterwards a good bible study is when other people score the gold and a bad bible study is when I've had to say okay this is the answer um and so yeah I think that's (laughs) a helpful way to just think am I helping people see this in the bible themselves or am I just lecturing Mm. Mm. and I think one of the aims of bible studies is to help people see that they can read the bible for themselves and also I think people can tell in in the group that you're in love with God's word and you know you think it's really important and that's kind of I feel like that's quite an infectious thing to have coming into a bible study um just treasuring God's word and I think one of the the aspects of prepping is you're showing to the rest of the group that you've been treasuring on God's word through the week it's like a gold chest that you're like bringing each week and you're opening up for the whole group to see and you're like yeah you can do this at home and it's it's there and it's yeah full of beautiful truths that we want to hold on to deeply yeah I definitely would resonate with that like some of the best bible study leaders who I've experienced have they they themselves are really excited about the text and you just want to know more about the text because you're like what why what are they so excited about (laughs) I was um listening to Jen Wilkin talking about bible study and she was talking about recognizing thinkers and feelers in your group so you will have people who will always respond to a passage with how they feel um and for them it's encouraging them towards you know, what does it say, you know, getting them to really think deeply about, you know, some of the words and, and then you'll get people who are really the thinkers and wanting, you know, to know the information and the meaning of things. And, and for them, it's like pushing them towards, you know, the, the feet, it's, it's kind of a, ba- a, a mixture, a balance, isn't it, that you want people to get. And I found that helpful because I, you know, when I think back to Bible studies, I could be like, yeah, that person is definitely a feeler. She will definitely always be right in there with, with the feeling stuff. Um, or that person's definitely right in there with the information and really excited about, you know, kind of Hermione Keep stuff <laughs> and uh, yeah it's kind of drawing them together isn't it yeah mm. I found recently especially when we were doing bible studies in lockdown um and I had a really diverse group one of the ladies in my group who's autistic had said to me I'd find it super helpful to have the questions in advance and so actually I think mm. that can be re- I know in America it's a lot bigger deal isn't it that people do homework and then they arrive at a bible study having prepped already and that's not very British but yeah I just think when you've got a really diverse group it can be helpful for some and not every you know I'm really aware within my group not everybody looks at it in advance but like yesterday I'd sent out because we're studying later on this today actually our last week's passage about Tamar and Judah and so I sent the questions out a few days ago and then I met one lady yesterday who was like, oh, that's been so helpful for me, Jill, because I've been able to really wrestle with the passage myself. So, yeah, I think for different people, like you were saying, Mary, 
respond in different ways, don't they? And for some people, it can be really helpful to look mm. at the passage before the study and have a little idea of where you're going so they can... Because again, some people find it hard to think on their feet, don't they? And in that moment, mm. whereas if they've had a bit of time a few days before, then that can really help people engage. Mm. Yeah, along a similar vein, one of the groups that I was leading when I was in the UK was full of mums of young kids. And, um, you know, the stress of time and never getting a moment to yourself can make Bible studies quite stressful, attending them or prepping them. Um, and, uh, you know, when we were doing acts, um, we were doing big chunks at times, weren't we? You know, there were big sections, two, sometimes two or three chapters. And um, we'd get to a study and we only had an hour and we wouldn't have time for to read the whole passage and then get through the questions. So what we, um, me and one of the other leaders ended up doing was reading the, recording an audio message on our WhatsApp group so that as the mums were doing their dishes or in the car on the way back from the school run or whatever, they could listen to the passage in advance. And so, yeah, and so we started dealing it out. Like, could you just send, at some point during the week, could you read it to us? And then um, me as the leader would then say, okay, these aren't going to be the exact questions we're going to go through, but just have it, as you're listening to it, think about this theme and this theme. And then when we come together, we'll talk about it more. And I found that our, I felt that our studies went to a different level because here were women who'd been able, most of the time they'd been able to listen to it. And as they're listening to it and being like, okay, I'm thinking about this. And so everyone was already super engaged when they arrived for the study. Yeah, I was, do you guys have any kind of wisdom on when you notice that there's always one or two people in your group who will answer all the questions and then you've got, you know, maybe a majority of your group who will mostly sit there in silence. Um, how do you go about engaging everybody, making sure everyone gets a chance to speak? It's hard, isn't it? And I think it's knowing your group as well, because I think in so like the group I'm leading at the minute, we're in a quite a comfortable place with each other because we've been together as a group for six months or so. And so I think it is OK then to say, hey, I've not heard from you today. Is there anything you'd like to say? But I think equally, if somebody's new to a group, that can be the thought of being jumped on like that can be petrifying, can't it? And could stop them coming. So I think it, it's key to know your group, isn't it? And I've got a couple of more chatty people that would say to me, please shut me up if I'm talking too much. And, you know, there's an agreement that, you know, we know each other well enough for me to be say, OK, we've heard enough from you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> But I guess it's re that's all relational, isn't it? And if you're in good relationships with people, then they're comfortable that they, you're known and it's okay for those boundaries to be in. I think all of this really feeds into like an expectations thing. I think it's okay when you have somebody new joining your group, if possible, beforehand, because you're usually told that somebody's joining your group in advance. If possible, just text them, email them have a chat to them at the end of church and say you're joining our group we're mega excited can you just you know when you, have you ever done this kind of thing in the past what makes you feel comfortable mm. is it okay if I you know if I said to you what do you think about this Mary would that freak you out or would you be okay with me doing that you know just having an expectations chat and just saying because you know we we like everyone to engage on some level so you know and then 
and and to be honest with you for the first couple of weeks new people don't have to engage do they <laughs> necessarily like mm. they can they they're probably trying to figure out their place in the group and that kind of thing and sometimes it's just something as simple as maybe asking that person to just read out a verse partway through the bible study or, or just yeah. yeah just letting them know that they're included and seen but yeah not it doesn't matter if they don't say anything um and likewise the person who's saying a lot not making them feel silly maybe sometimes it does take after a bible study if it's happening every week it does take talking to that person and being like hey you know it it might be hard for other people to really reflect themselves if you know if they're always hearing from you first so kind of in the safety of a good relationship with that person just talking to them about it yeah I've observed somebody doing a really good job around asking a question and then saying let's just take a couple of moments of quiet whilst everybody can have a little think and reflect and almost Mm. making friends with silence in a bible study is hard for people isn't it but this leader was so good at saying we're just going to have a couple of minutes of quiet so that everyone's got Mm. time to think before Mm. we look I'm looking for some answers and that was such a good way of almost nudging the talkers to say, oh, come on, you can be quiet and just think for a while. And then it gave other people time to come up with something. And I guess then, as the leader, you can go to somebody that wouldn't necessarily be the first to speak, can't you? After a little gap to say, OK, do you want to start us off? What do you think? Mm. Um, I've seen that done very well. I think my one last thing to say is when you're looking at a passage where there's something that's well known to be controversial that can distract you from the overarching message of a passage. I don't know when we were looking at acts, it was something like the second baptism, the second blessing, you know, there was this discussion about baptism or that kind of thing. I will often say, I'm going to tell you about this rather than work through it because I don't want it to distract us from the passage. I will say that Mm. at the beginning, I'll say something like, I know in this passage, it talks about this but that's not the purpose of the whole passage so I'm happy to talk about it for a short time but if we do get onto it I will stop us because I want us to see the whole theme of this passage rather than just that one or two verses mm. Um, mm, so helpful. that when so that later on in the passage if I later on in the study if I do end up having to cut us off it's not a surprise and not a shock and I'm not trying mm. to they know I'm not trying to avoid the subject if a bible study does go wrong in the way that you think it's gone wrong um um god's word in itself says that god will achieve what he purposes through it and so yeah you might think your abilities or you're very weak at coming up with good questions or but actually god's word is uh, much more amazing than we can imagine and yeah just to encourage you that you might think it's gone wrong but God can still work powerful things through through his word yeah that's really helpful guys and I hope for people listening um it's an encouragement to keep going and yeah I personally have just grown in my faith so much due to the hard work of people leading me in bible studies so it's such an investment, but it is really worth it. And just personally, like when you are forced 
forced is probably the wrong word when you uh when it's your turn to lead a bible study we haven't told you... anyone but Dil- jill does whip us if necessary <laughs> <laughs> when, when it's your turn to to lead it and then you get to stick your head deep into the passage and see wonderful things like it is for me a real faith grower so it's a privilege and a blessing and, um, and can I just say, if anybody's listening to this and thinks, I'd love to lead a Bible study, then please get in touch with me. I would love to <laughs> let you. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, guys. Um, and thanks to you guys listening. We'll hopefully see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.